0: Internet IOU a death. My name is Matthew Kroll. But Sully stick together. My name is Shaheir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film, Avatar, The Way. Of water. Watery. Watery? Watery? I, we are just <laughs> soaking wet right now. We are dripping. We are soggy. We are... <laughs> moist. What, uh, we are what, moist. Pr- moist. <laughs> you know yeah. when you stay in a bathtub too long? Yeah. And, and your fingers and your toes get all weird? Uh, we're all of that because, boy oh boy, it's it's James Cameron o'clock,
1: and we're here for it. Last week on our episode about Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, you po- we we got into a long side tangent conversation about physical media and technology and and what it would take. Uh, you, you posited a kind of strange days hypothesis, which was uh, you know akin to Catherine Bigelow's film, James Cameron's ex-wife, uh, her film, Strange Days, where you could basically download somebody's memories into your brain and experience them for the first time. Um, brain dances and cyberpunk is what those are called. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, I wonder, would you pay premium top dollar for... The Avatar fully immersed experience where you get
0: to swim in Pandora. Um, I'm going to answer your question with a different answer that I think you're expecting, or a tangential answer that will answer your question very clearly. Uh, Yes or no would be fine. No, (laughs) no, we're getting into it. Um... VR as we know is not doing great commercially. Right. Uh with the failing of of the metaverse from Facebook and some very high profile people in that field leaving Meta altogether, mm-hmm. uh and just in the gaming space it hasn't like taken off, it's been more of a a dabble mm-hmm. if you will. And, and and people have tried to throw money at it, throw money at it. Sony is coming up late in the race and they are releasing what I think is the most impressive consumer VR headset on the planet, the PS VR2. Uh All (laughs) while VR is actively not making anyone any money. Yeah. Okay. I have pre ordered this expensive headset. Okay. So, with (laughs) all of that said. PSVR 2. Okay. I'm looking at it. With all of that said. I will try anything that is available to immerse myself into anything beyond a screen. No. Uh, so, even when that technology is not the thing that I think is actually going to take off. Well, what I was talking about
1: was far more fantastical in, in so much as like you would download the experience
0: and My be point. able to splash about in the waters of Pandora. My point <laughs> is, yes, but not because it's Pandora because I will literally do it with anything that lets me escape the mortal coil. Okay, so anything, basically
1: anything that just uh, gets you out of uh, out. of I your want out-of-body
0: experiences all the time. Yeah. You're, you're, which you're... is weird because I don't do drugs. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that would be the easiest gateway, <laughs> You said gateway, drinking right? a beer. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, well, uh, let's, you know, it was only a few weeks ago we, we revisited, we went back to Pandora. We did. Um, to revisit uh, the 2009 film Avatar. Uh, and it has been an exciting time. Did you I, – I felt like you had prepared uh, early to go see Avatar the um, the follow-up. Uh, you, you, how was your – screen? because I, I feel like what we need to actually talk about is the actual screening experience of yeah. Avatar in some detail.
0: So I went with uh, – it was the Nebula um... – uh, holiday party thing okay. and they uh, a bunch of creators were in town and a wonderful creator by the name of Thomas Frank who mm-hmm. is basically like Superman like just Clark Kent the nicest dude in the planet and is and, and Jack and whatever mm-hmm. but he's he's a uh he's a wonderful dude He organized a group of us to go okay um uh, uh I think the Saturday that it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, So I went with a bunch of people that I really like, and I got a good dinner afterward. And it was just like it was a really great like movie friend experience, especially going to see a film like this with with people I don't normally get to hang out with because there were people out of town. Mm -hmm. Um, So so the so the the metatextual experience was great. Okay, Um, I have to say I I feel like we're jumping right in, but I guess that's that's fine.
1: Yeah, we're Uh,
0: I, I, I don't know what your screening was, but I saw it in three D. Okay. I didn't think I was gonna, but the, lo and behold, there it was because yep. I didn't. I wasn't in charge of the tickets. Okay. Um, and then, uh, it was also variable frame rate. Yep. And that sucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that. I, let me let me. I'll back up. Everything is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Everything in this movie is beautiful. There is not an ugly thing in this movie. Um. And we go inside of a whale, uh, but we we did last week as well in stop motion. <laughs> we did lots of. Hmm, yeah, we've been babe? in a lot of whales this week, yeah, yeah. Um, but man, if if this movie does so much like wonderful work, getting you immersed in a world and trying to get you to forget that you're watching a movie and feel like you're actually in Pandora. Mm-hmm. All of that goes out the fucking window, at least in my brain, when you you switch from 60 FPS or 120, I don't even know what it was, 48. like, sweet, for, it was 48? Yep. Oh, great. Uh, like, sweeping shots, like, that are, like, these, like, uh, it, that look basically like a video game running on the highest res graphics card, and then cutting instantly to characters looking at 24p, mm-hmm. or 24 frames a second, and, like, I... I it, it made my brain hiccup every time. Every time I was getting immersed, yeah. that would happen, and I'm like, "Ah, movie!" <laughs> like, and it and it and it sucked. Well, let's uh, let's
1: explain it just a little bit uh, for people at home who may not uh, have the experience. For first off, uh, which is that uh, in 2012, James Cameron uh, really uh, pushed for the. Uh, Adoption of uh, high frame rate technology. And basically, uh, most films, you know, again, we just watched The Fablemans a couple of weeks ago. uh, Mm -hmm. And in the opening of The Fablemans, uh, Steven Spielberg or The Fableman Father says, uh, you know, there are 24 frames playing. uh, per second, which is more, which is enough for our brain to perceive motion between each of the still frames and create a persistence of vision. And then, mm-hmm. 24 frames has classically been the uh, adopted frame rate of cinema throughout history. Uh, for ver- for various reasons, uh, American television works at 29.97 frame rates. Uh, you can now get screens that specifically screen 60 frame rates, Uh, most computer monitors will refresh at 60 or 120. uh,
0: Current day consoles are 60 FPS. Uh, Gaming PCs are trying to push to 120 or higher.
1: So, uh, uh, you know, there are multiple uh, uh, looks about and and I think the most notable uh, comment about anything that goes above 24 frames per second. Now, uh, just actually, sorry, before I go into that, Uh, Higher frame rates have been used in cinema since the dawn of history because higher frame rates played back at 24 frames per second is what gives you slow motion. If there's more frames per second in a 24-frame duration, you get slow motion. But what this does is instead of playing back more frames at 24 frames per second, this plays back those additional frames in the higher frame rate. So you're getting more frames at you per, uh, per second. Now, the reason this is done is because of a phenomenon that occurred specifically in 3d called judder and judder is when the camera pans really fast at 24 frames per second and the refresh rate of 24 frames per second can't keep up with the motion of the camera so you kind of get this like slightly stoppy effect which for all intents and purposes in 3d is enough to give you a little bit of a headache um It is something that we've dealt with and live with in cinema, you know, since the the dawn of time, but it exists. Um, And so the high frame rate is really designed to overcome the judder now. The issue is is that it makes things look silky smooth, and it unfortunately creates what, what Christopher McQuarrie and many filmmakers have called, uh, which is similar to uh, when you purchase a new television, the soap opera uh, fr- effect. Frame blending. Yeah, the fra- frame blending soap opera effect, what you get
0: when you watch... Um, uh, high-definition sports streaming, which is that it's... it's What you get when you go to your parents' house and try to watch TV, because they never changed the setting on a TV they bought in the last five years. Yeah, and, it, and if you've ever watched a movie that was specifically,
1: uh, you know, either an older movie or even a, a modern film that has sort of a high cinematic look, for example, Dune, uh, and put it into high frame rate you will have the experience that, Matt, you had, which is that it looks suddenly a lot crappier in my experience. We but, have talked about high frame rate on this podcast when we went to, uh, when we saw uh, Ang Lee's Gemini Man. Ang Lee yep. has really been pushing uh, high frame rate, uh, ge- both Gemini Man and Billy Lynn's
0: Long Halftime Walk, which were films that I saw at
1: 120 frames per second. All the frames.
0: But what I want to say, just <laughs> I want to reiterate, because I know we just went into the history of it, which I think is important. I don't... Dislike the idea of higher frame rates. Okay, uh, I don't. I don't gravitate towards them. I think i still prefer 24. It's yeah. just what my brain has been trained for. Yeah. But if this movie was in full 48, I would have been fine with it. I, I would have gotten used to it, and I would have been able to w- have it wash over me. So the reason that it is changed
1: uh, is that uh, Peter Jack. Uh, so on the beh- not the, on the behest of James Cameron, but probably uh, with James Cameron's urging and somewhat. Uh, shot the Hobbit at 48 frames per second, and in many screenings you could watch the Hobbit at 48 frames per second. I, I watched uh, two of the Hobbit screenings in 48 frames per second.
0: I'd watched one. Yeah.
1: In that situation, what people noted is, particularly in the case of the Hobbit, uh, it really the, the the both the persistence of vision and the suspension of disbelief uh, was kind of robbed from the experience because a movie like Lord of the Rings is actually built up of of, of a lot of. Um, a lot of role play, a lot of makeup, you know, like sets are made out of polystyrene. People's makeup is made out Mm -hmm, of... mm -hmm you know, plastic pieces, and at 48 frames per second, you could kind of see the seams a little bit. Um, and it was, you know, it's, it's just too much detail that actually kind of, like, doesn't quite work. Um, I, you know, like, I think the theory is that it gets closer to what our eyes normally perceive uh, in front of us, but I, I never felt that. It looks like a plastic, uh, plastic version uh, right. of it. Right. But it was consistent. It was consistent. Now, what uh, In in response to the fact that people negatively responded to 48 frames per second, James Cameron has uh, taken uh, up with another company, I believe they're called Cinefix or something like that, along those lines, apologies, don't know the name at the top of my head, who have come up with this technology called Variable Frame Rate, which is where you can basically turn on that high frame rate for certain shots and then turn it off for other shots. You can also do things like dial it up in the middle of a shot or dial it up in the foreground of a shot and dial it down in the background of the shot. You can kind of like dial it in a little bit but the experience of watching it and i saw it in 3d 3d in rpx uh with a variable frame rate is akin to when um christopher nolan did uh interstellar in imax or dark knight in imax which is that they switch between scenes almost intermittently without rhyme or reason there's no storytelling reason for jumping from one to the other the only reason it's done is to alleviate the motions, the, the judder that you might get from one shot to the other. but Or to alleviate cost if you're not
0: trying to shoot your whole damn movie in IMAX. Well, they shot the whole damn movie in IMAX, and, and it, it's got, it hasn't
1: got it has got anything to do well, dark, with the dark frame Night resolution. It's Dark
0: Knight it, it, didn't shoot the whole thing in IMAX. It shot specific parts. In right. IMAX. I'm sorry. When you're talking about Christopher Nolan's films, yes, yeah. of course. But in the case of- um, I'm not talking about this. No, you, no, no. I, and we're talking about, just <laughs> if we're getting technical technical, uh, we're talking- the thing where Dark Knight, etc., that's aspect ratio based yeah. on what kind of film they use. Uh, well, well, not entirely, whereas this is a varying frame rate, which varying is not the rate. size of the film. Yeah. It is how many frames were seen.
1: seeing. But, but it's similar in that, uh, for example, with the IMAX situation is that they shot exterior scenes in IMAX and interior scenes in uh, in 35 mil. So like a character would run out, uh, be in IMAX, run back into the building and be in, in 35 mil. So it was sure. like it was just sort of arbit- less jarring. In yeah, my there's opinion. no story reason for it.
0: Less Uh, jarring because the speed of motion that your eye is tricking you into thinking you're seeing something moving uh, is consistent. Yeah. Um, So I will say, for
1: me, uh, having now experienced three, no, four movies in both 48, 120, 60 frames per second, and variable frame rate, is, of all the technologies, this is the one I am so unconvinced about and so... um, uh, so not on board with Um, that I it's would... It's bad. I would highly recommend if you have not seen Avatar Way of the Water at this point and you've just learned the history of variable frame rates, I would at all costs avoid a variable frame rate experience. I would take... I, I, I'm not a fan of 3D, um, but I would take a 3D experience with Jutta over the 3D experience of this. Despite, yes, the claim is that it's absolutely crystal clear. It Absolutely is, but there is it is also it, it, as as Matt, as you kind of pointed out, it it dilutes all the beautiful work that has gone into creating almost every pixel of this frame to make it look like a soap opera. So despite all the incredible detail, this has this movie, is at the cutting edge of water simulations. Like the the holy grail of visual effects is water simulations and this movie lives and breathes in a water simulation which yeah. is absolutely photorealistic, absolutely beautifully
0: done. Until it's been put into variable frame rate and then it looks terrible. I'll even I'll even I, I don't like the way it looks, but if it was if it, if it wasn't variable, if it was just all 48, yeah. my brain would have in 15 minutes gotten over it. Mm. Like it's the it's the constant snap back and forth that to me like especially like I get I get the the Hobbit problem with makeups and prosthetics and things this entire thing I think other than spider and like three other human characters is all not, and even then when there's humans on the screen it's not like the same kind of like makeup and prosthesis yeah it's it's different it's like clean and techy and like whatever mm-hmm. so like I don't I don't understand why to do it here, especially when the entirety, the whole reason that Avatar is a cultural phenomenon, again, we've gone on to what that actually means, not narratively or sort of like in the cultural zeitgeist, but more how movies are made and technologically hyper-relevant to do how special effects work. The whole thing is immersion. The whole fucking thing is supposed to be about being immersed. And to use this technology... Everyone I've talked to has been like, yeah, it kept taking me out of the movie. Yeah. And and that sucks. Yeah. Like, because it is beautiful. I would, She if there was, if I could guarantee a 24 frame uh, per second not 3D version of this movie, mm-hmm. if I could guarantee that, I would go see it again in a heartbeat. So, so sorry, a 24 frame not 3D version. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah, I would. would That is actually a
0: heart. That is the version that I would recommend the most to anyone to see if it's available. I've been looking, and like the thing. This is the other interesting thing too. Theaters, as we go to see them, like changing these things only happens every once in a while. Normally, it's twenty four frames a second. We call it a day. Mm -hmm. Um, So when a movie like this does something else, it's like you. It's hard to even see on like movie ticket sites or at theaters like what version you might see. I I have no confirmation of this, but I believe Jordan Peele's nope used variable
1: frame rate when the creature was flying in the night sky. Um, So when the camera, like it was 24 frames up until that point. And then I felt, uh, but I cannot confirm this, uh, that that the film jumped up its frame rate, its variable frame rate, when we panned up into the sky and saw the creature, um, blue jeans, I believe it was, uh, <laughs> flying in the sky. And there was a particular uh, technique that was used there where they used an infrared camera, uh, basically yes. a 3D rig. So um, an infrared camera aligned with a digital camera. Um, because they were shooting at night and wanted to shoot like in long distance. I, I believe they
0: used variable On frame On a tertiary rate. thing, I'm, I'm seeing the thing about that mm-hmm. camera. Yeah. I'm not seeing a thing about variable frame rate. I,
1: I feel like it was. Um, Again, I have no confirmation. I didn't notice, but um, it, you know. Uh, it's it certainly, uh, like, uh, I have spent a lot of my career, uh, because I started in digital video, I spent a lot of my career degrading digital video in order to make it look like 24 frames per second. It's kind of the bread and butter of what made me a magic editor to Begin with was that someone could shoot like this sort of like sixty frames or whatever footage, and I would convert it into twenty four and suddenly make it look cinematic. I would put some black bars at the top and bottom. This is like the two dollar version of what James Cameron is like. or actually, no, the two dollar version. He's doing the multi million inverted version, which is that he's taking twenty four frames and putting in sixty frames. In any way, my eye, my point there is my eye is quite sensitive to this, and I do notice these details quite a lot. And I would like there are moments where. As I was watching the film, there's a still shot and there's a water simulation running in the background or there's an ocean in the background or there's hands splashing or something like that. And it was in 24 frames and I was like, yes. That's the movie I wanted to see. And then it would cut to the next shot where they jump into the water and it's back to sixty frames. I was like, This is not the movie I wanted to see. And it was just it's, all over the map. It's uh, a switch for me, man. It's 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 I
0: I, 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 I don't could, like the forty eight because
1: I for the same reason I don't like motion smoothing at home. It's,
0: I don't like it either. But what I'm saying is at I least I would have it. I understand used what you're saying, it. yeah, that, that if it was consistent then you would buy it. Right? And like everyone I've talked to about this, and not everyone has the vernacular, the history that we do with this stuff. tons of people do, of course, but like everyone all the people going to the movies that are like, huh, that felt weird sometimes. Yeah, don't necessarily know why. Yeah. I actually, I feel like we're kind of preaching to the choir because I feel like people who are watch or listen to this show. <laughs> uh, people who watch this show definitely know about frame rate. People yeah. who listen, I'd say like eighty to ninety percent. yeah, um <laughs> but uh it, it, everyone who doesn't even know this stuff that I've spoken to's been like, yeah, it felt odd, and I kept like get like I kept my brain just kept getting confused a little bit. Like the like the movement felt funny, and I was like, Yeah, 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 I did, yeah, um, sure it did. What a what a. <laughs>
1: What, what an, an underlining of all the
0: effort it that is being put into it by
1: someone who, sh- who kind of can know better.
0: Yeah. Uh, and again, it's not hurting the film by any means of the imagination. Uh, it seems to be doing fairly well. Yeah. Uh, as again, we've all, uh, everyone is now has the ta- them tattooed on their body. Uh, never bet against James Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I know it's made it's made like uh, in its first week or something like that 435
1: maybe 500 million dollars in the first opening weekend which is uh, pretty great uh, on it should definitely on its way uh, make its way to the two the supposed two billion dollar mark that it needs to to, in order to break even but can you tell us what uh, the return to Pandora entails and what Avatar the way of water is about.
0: I can. I'm going to read you now uh, how I believe James Cameron would want us describing this film, which is, of course, the Internet Movie Database truncated description. Okay. Jake Sully lives with his newfound family formed on the extrasolar moon Pandora. Once a familiar threat returns to finish what was previously started, Jake must work with Natiri and the army of the Navi race to protect their home. Whew. A lot of lot of
1: stakes here for young Jake Sully, whom we last saw bumblefuck his way into into becoming the best Na'vi that there was.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, a little bit weird, a little bit weird. Not gonna lie.
1: <laughs> um, Matt, could you, with all the experiences that you had by watching it uh, in a variable frame rate with a wonderful group of people, tell me what you thought about Avatar?
0: Uh, listen, I I uh my my on the back of the the pull quote uh v- verbiage, I guess I'll say, uh is I really liked this one. Um I feel like this this was the movie that I think I always kind of wanted the first movie to be. It also does the exact same beats just with the kids this time as opposed <laughs> to Jake Sully. Um, uh, the, uh, this is a long film that I never felt like felt long, although I will say I enjoyed the second half more than the first Mm -hmm. and, but, but, but at the same time, I think I enjoyed the second half as much as I did because the first did such a good job setting it up. I started like knowing characters names. Mm -hmm. That was step one. Like I, I I understood that like uh, the Sigourney Weaver surrogate child was named uh, Kiri, mm. and uh, uh, Tonawari and uh, Renal were the aqua, the aqua uh, Navi people, king and queen, and they had uh, uh, Jake Sully and Natiri had uh, what uh Netyam, Loak and Took, mm. I think were the other children's name, like Took was a I know ki- characters. Ki- ki, right? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> I know characters in an avatar movie. Step one. Hang on, Great but, job, James Cameron. But but do you know the do you know the
1: names of every single uh, of the uh, the military avatars, the uh, under Quiritch? Quirch. no Quirch. no Quirch?
0: Quirch. Quirch. Uh, <laughs>
1: no because they, I don't think they ever say their names. I know, but I just love their Oakley wraparound sunglasses and bubble gum. I was like, where do they make these avatar with these Navi clothes for these guys? Like. It's thing, you know, like like their cargo pants,
0: <laughs> one thing James Cameron doesn't seem to get uh, oftentimes, I think since Terminator Two is sort of a fashion sense for <laughs> like it's a real like truncated like what would like punk military people wear <laughs> oakleys and like just but, but it's not just that. it's just like they have
1: to make these oversized oakleys like these are not your sure, off the shelf sure. oakleys or your off the shelf cargo pants. They're made for a size sixteen waist and a
0: Sixty-five inseam, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> uh, no, no, but uh, I, you know, and, and this is the interesting thing too. Like throughout this podcast, I will poke holes in this movie's plot. It also doesn't matter. Like it's, it's just like really good. Like uh, I, I, I and, and the story is milk toast, but it's showed to you other than the frame rate exquisitely, and like the 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 action scenes are insane and like not like insane like you've you've never seen a type of action scene like this but you've never seen it done this well like it's just clean and understandable and frenetic and dangerous feeling. I never before, I think, honestly, in a film have bows ever felt like as dangerous as in an Avatar film. The you know, Last of the Mohicans uh, might, you know, might be a different. I no, I don't know, man. <laughs> no one in The Last of the Mohicans was doing backflips over military aircraft and shooting uh, uh, arrows the size of small tree trunks through the glass and uh, impaling uh, pilots. Different genre. Hawkeye yeah. might also be uh, might have a different opinion here. About no, this. but Hawkeye's arrow, you know funny like uh, hawkeye's arrows never feel like anything like right. everything every piece of violence in this movie f- has weight to it right and th- this is the last thing i'll say uh is it? Uh, it well the last thing i'll say before i toss it to you is the um there were actual non-global emotional stakes which also is helpful in remembering characters names and caring about what happens to them i feel like one of the big flaws and why it didn't actually have a lot of cultural impact is because of the first one uh from a narrative perspective is that the entire thing was about like saving the navi and the planet and that's great like that's that's a that's a really good thing but like other like, no, I won't even say it. Like, I don't think I cared an iota about any character. I just didn't want the native people to get trounced by the colonizers. Right. Like, but I, I didn't know or care about anybody. In this movie, they spend about an hour and a half getting you up to speed about like what all these individual characters are, even though a lot of it is cookie cutter, it doesn't matter. They get they take the time to explain and, and have you live with these characters, some of which you grow up alongside with through uh you know time jumps. And it makes the second half where the shit starts going down actually feel like it matters. Hmm. And that just elevates it to a, a level where I'm like, I'm so fucking on board now. <laughs> like, it, 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 so that, that was basically my initial reaction. I liked it very much. I just wish my brain didn't hitch whenever it switched frame rates. What about you, buddy?
1: Um, yeah. So I was a, um, you know, the, um, my response to the first movie has always been a little bit diminishing, which is that I'm always dazzled by it. I am always impressed by the scale of the world that uh, James Cameron is building, and I guess I've always wondered, like, well, James Cameron has kind of made this gambit. He's seventy something years old now, you know, in his early seventies. This is this is it. This is the world he's going to live in for the next for the for the rest of his life, uh, and these are the movies he's going to make for the rest of his life. And I was like, as a person was an enormous fan of uh, Aliens, The Abyss, Terminator 2, Terminator, um, and, you know, Titanic as well. I was sort of like, well, is this, the, is this really where we're going to spend the rest of our days? Um, and uh, I think particularly after that first film, I was unconvinced of that, uh, of that uh, equation. This second time around, having seen how the world scopes open, um, I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, if James Cameron wants to live here, I'm good with this. I can I can take another three or four movies in this world, um, because I think, as you see, the first, this movie's kind of broken into like, uh, you know, the, the sort of three three broad stroke chapters to this. There's an opening chapter which reveals that uh, Stephen Lang's character uh, has returned uh, as a as a. Uh, as it has had his memories downloaded into a new avatar body, which makes you wonder about like the efficacy of the, uh, the initial avatar program where they were like, we have to get Jake into this program, into this, uh, into this body because we haven't
0: downloaded his brother's memories into it. I was like, Oh really? I think it's because they didn't have the memories recorded. Right. But, but I they think they actually, they mentioned that they never got them. Right. Like they before did it very
1: quickly in this t- in this time around. Right. Like they did it very, very quickly because well, they did they downloaded- it right before his final mission.
0: Which makes sense if, if – the way I, I was thinking about this too, but there is a throwaway line, I believe, in the first one where it's they throwing, say he, sure. di- he died before they could record his memories and that's why the twin was being brought in. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> I think that event probably spurred a lot of people who are like in about to be going into like high death probability areas to have their <laughs> minds downloaded, which again – But then they, gr- they grew like an entire grunt army, right? Like, like, <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, but they can. <laughs> yeah. And maybe the and... growth
1: technology has increased over the last 10 years where you can just grow them really quickly now.
0: Or, uh, or maybe it took 10 years to do it. I have no I have no, I have idea. no idea. But it, uh, but also, that does throw into uh, question the new MacGuffin, which we'll get to, which is kind of a throwaway thing in and of itself. But the right. value proposition is all over the place.
1: So so Jake and Terry are living kind of uh, a peaceful, idyllic uh, life where they now have four children. Um, living amongst, Jake's the leader. Jake is the leader. He is the greatest Navi that ever lived. He is the Turek Rider. Turek Rider? Is that what it is?
0: Sure, let's uh, go with that. Turek muktok
1: Is that what the name was? I can't remember. So that's, yeah. Um, uh-huh. Jake has kind of, in many ways, uh, taken both the form of John Connor in The Terminator and Linda Hamilton in The Terminator as well, which is that he is the militaristic uh, parent who is teaching his kids the ways of the of, of protection and armament. He is also the leader of the tribe who has sort of been chosen to lead them uh, against the... Uh, uh, against the colonizing force who have returned now with devastating effect, uh, destroying uh, probably home tree and, and and many things. Edie Falco has now taken the place as the military leader. Uh, there's a funny, there's a great uh, quote going around right now, which is Edie Falco recorded her scenes some four years ago and doesn't is not a person who like keeps up with movie news or gets hyped about movie news Yeah. so she was like oh I thought the movie had come out and flopped because I didn't hear about it (laughs) you know Um, it turned out that uh, she just wasn't sure of the, the amount of lead time that was required in order to make that
0: movie um we should, if only we could all be so lucky where we could just do projects <laughs> and not think about, some, never uh, think about every moment of every day. <laughs> um, so,
1: but there has been this sort of shift, which is that uh, the humans had left Pandora uh, because the uh, the Na'vi returned to too hostile a force to try and take over. But now the humans have returned because their planet is ostensibly dying. And the plan now is not just to take the resources of unobtanium, but to entirely inhabit uh, Pandora, at some point, uh, they've built a new city um, and they will eventually um, raise the ground so that they can take over entirely. And uh, do a little whaling on the side. And of course, that leads us to other lands. Now, uh, Jake has kind of um, become a resistance leader and so he is taking. Um, You know, he is disrupting the supply chains. He is uh, um, changing the way the uh, avatar, uh, the humans have to work. And of course, this means that we're going to have to bring back it as an old enemy, Quirch. Quirch? Quirch? Stephen Lang's uh, character. Yeah. I don't know how to say it. Um, because um, nemeses never die. I guess is the theory here. Like, we may as well to go back at him with the guy who he killed before. Um, it's obviously, you know, like the Batman and Joker, uh, distant to, uh, in battle for uh, sure. uh, a time, a tale of the oldest time. It's what? Quaritch. Quaritch, okay. Um this first third of the movie, where basically we kind of rehash this battle and Quaritch kind of gets to see how he died and has to take on Natiri and, and he kind crushes of crushes his own skull.
0: Yeah, crushes
1: his own skull a la Hamlet, but tougher. Um, but, uh, you know, like we we learn about the kids, but also learn about the stakes of the kids. I was not that enamored by this movie at this point. I was. I w-
0: yeah same but I, I, I was like oh but but then I, I honestly was like oh yeah but now I'm, I'm gonna care. like this is gonna make me care when things start exploding
1: I, I was <laughs> the only thing keeping me going was going the titles is the way of water we haven't seen the water yet so, <laughs> so surely it's not just one scene in the, in the ocean or something like that we're gonna see some water scenes and that's it <laughs> um, so Jake uh, embattles with courage and almost loses his children decides that he must leave Turk Maktok and uh, hands over or his tribal ownership uh, to somebody else, or his tribal to Natrire's brother, who yeah, should have Nateri's had the brother? thing anyway.
0: Yeah, because he was the one that was in line and actually related to the last guy. But like, whatever. Jake was the best Navi; he was never enough. <laughs> because
1: in the first movie, Natrire uh, Natiri's betrothed lover was killed, right?
0: Right, but I think it was her brother. I don't. I, yeah,
1: again, yeah. that movie, I don't know. <laughs> um, so Jake, uh, along with his family, pack up to go to the Water Tribe. Now, what is the Water Tribe called? Is the, the, the hang on, I have it here. I don't.
0: <laughs> I have it in front of me. I believe it's called the, they,
1: they the Mitkayana. Mitkayana. Yep, Metak- they have
0: bigger arms with, like, sort of fins built into them and stronger tails for swimming. Mitkayana. Mitkayana? Mitkayana. Avatar fans all over the world are, like, uh, throwing their hands up right now. They must protect. have evolved for millions of years differently <laughs> unless Na'vi just evolved way quicker. I don't know, but they do look
1: at, they do, uh, this is the second uh, ocean species that we've seen this year with this kind of light-tinged blue uh, skin color, um, you know, after Black Panther, Wakanda, Forever, the uh, uh, Namor's tribe in the mm-hmm. in, in that particular film. Um, this is led by Cliff Curtis and Kate Winslet, and Kate Winslet in a, in a role where I was like, why did we get Kate? Like, Kate Winslet's great, don't get me wrong, I love Kate Winslet, but it, but it really was a role that didn't allow, you know, was it two-time Oscar winner or one-time Oscar winner, Kate Winslet, to really shine. Uh, James Cameron wanted to work with Kate Winslet again. And And that was it, yeah. Um, and uh, they must now learn the wa- ways of the water, where they will meet the... Uh, what What are the whales called, by the way? The... T- uh, t- t- the the tucan, whales. Tucan? Was... The space whales. Yeah, space whales, who are far more intelligent. Um
0: this I love that me, stuff, the, by the way.
1: The, the movie like slows right down from an action point of view. We almost forget about Courage for a little while, and it's basically it feels like an hour of just getting to know the water. And you've got to remember that James Cameron is a diver, um, you know, someone who's made multitudes of dive documentaries. Um, you know, absolutely loves this, and it is rendered with an absolute level of beauty and precision that is, uh, you know, if if the movie was just in one hour, hey, here's James Cameron's imagination on display in this imaginary world, I'd be like. Great. Don't need any conflict. I'll happily go see this. I would but even I go loved, see this in, in, in forty eight frames per second.
0: <laughs> I, I loved Loak's sort of relationship with the rogue whale. Yeah. Like the rogue whale was dope. This whale that was like excommunicated from whale tribe because he like fought back against the whalers, but they were supposed to be all peaceful and he led a bunch of tribes uh, tribes whales to die. Right. Um uh but I loved I loved this one this <laughs> one finned or like Lot who lost a fin whale who like uh, eventually, it is revealed. This is now we're getting into spoilers, yeah, spoilers. Sure, but sure. like, he eventually like swallows Loak, and you're like, oh no! <laughs> but it turns out. That their little tendril Bondi thing is actually on the inside of their mouth, which kind I was like, like a deep Need. throat situation
1: here. <laughs> it was pretty cool,
0: um, and I don't know. I just I really liked that story. Yeah, I like I really liked Loak's story overall. I think it's probably um, one of the more
1: interesting ones. Although uh, there's just uh, this is the only thing, and it, it's it's not a big deal. But they I think uh, the Mitkaya, Kainas, uh K- or kayana's uh, however you pronounce it. Had referred to him lo- Loak as a whale killer, a killer of his own species.
0: No, the, lo- no, lo- lo- uh, Loak is, but... is no Loak is the son. Oh, not sorry. The whale. Uh,
1: what is the whale's name? I have no. Pa- idea. It, had, it had a name starting with P, I believe. Yeah. Um, but the, the the whale, or you know, the the ocean whale, the the Navi whale, um, was known as a killer of its own species, and that's why it was excommunicated, right? Oh, Pyakon. Pyakon. Okay. Um, But at the very beginning, it did kill another whale in order to protect Loach, right?
0: It killed a big fish. Was it a big it fish the, or no? It wasn't, wasn't another whale. Just like it him? was a big fish. Okay. When when they went full episode one on this bitch. Okay. Uh, and I, I in my head was like, "There's always a bigger fish." <laughs> um, Qui Gon just sitting behind me. Yeah. Uh, yes, there is. Yeah, it was it. It was just a a bigger. It wasn't a bigger like a real. Fish. It wasn't the super smart uh, philosophical
1: uh, musical whales that the no, that do mathematics and philosophy. Yeah. No. no, it wasn't one of those. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um. I love this middle section. I was like, okay, I'm in. If this is the world we're doing in, I'm in. And then the third act rolled around, and I will say this. uh, That thing you're talking about in terms of the action beats being really clear and succinct, it's just a really good reminder of what James Cameron is really good at. And I think Mm -hmm. it has to do with, I I was thinking about it in terms of video games, um, in terms of like Street Fighter staging. Which is that, like if you think about a film like Deadpool, for example, where which sure. takes place at the uh, in a abandoned uh, aircraft carrier at the end of the film, you're sort of like wondering why we're at that where we're at that aircraft carrier, and it just ends up being sort of like a stage to in order to to sort of have the final battle mm-hmm, mm-hmm, whereas mm-hmm. James Cameron sets up all the pieces of what the stage for that final battle is. So it feels dynamic and interactive. And then he uses all those pieces really well. You think about, you know, again, uh, the final uh, steel mill in Terminator 2. Uh You know, like, he sits the stage, we understand the
0: parameters of the stage, the stage comes into play and becomes part of the action. It's a really good lesson to learn in every piece of narrative that that you can create from a novel to even to to role-playing games. Like, if you're setting up encounters in Dungeons and Dragons or any other TTRPG, like... Like it's not enough just to be like, oh, you're at a crossroads and like whatever. Like every if that gets old real quick. Yeah. Like you want that you want the location in any story you are telling to sort of not only be vibrant and something that the the story itself can play with, but also be like earned and not coming out of nowhere. Yeah, because then it feels like an actual continuation. Like the action that takes place is also part of the story because the story has set up that action. And
1: look at the way Cameron sets it up throughout the entire movie. We understand we understand the dynamics of where the car reef is, what it mm-hmm. means to be outside of that reef. We understand yep. the the actual whaling ship that comes along and the parameters of like what's on board that whaling ship, like how does it open up, how does it how turn... they whale? Yeah, how they whale. We've really learned all of those dynamics like up front. It's again why James Cameron is such a great screenwriter is uh, if you think about Titanic, you know, at the very opening of the film we see a simulation of how that ship is gonna go down. So mm-hmm. by the end of the by the end of the film when it rolls you know, th- hour three rolls around and the ship starts going down we understand what is happening and have a real clear sense of it. It's really, I was like, I was like, man, there's a reason James Cameron is James Cameron. And this is the reason. Um, You know, more so than the first film, which I think did so much table setting in terms of like the world. But like, as far as a film unto itself was a little bit, you know, it was okay. Um, This was like a really good example of like, okay, we've set the table. We've even introduced a new world now, you know, this underwater world. And we're really we're really using it to to tell stories, and I think I think that's just so well done here. And I was this third act. I think the turns of the third act are so good. I was, uh, you know, again, Natar,i for me is always the one, the the character who like these films should be based on. And I would love if now if we're gonna, if, you know, if we're if we are gonna make like three, four, and five, I just want a Natar,i movie. Like I, I just want a full blown Natar,i movie on her own, uh, because. Her reaction, and this is a spoiler, obviously, so if you haven't seen the mm-hmm. avatar, please go see it. you know, we're highly recommending it. um her reaction to her oldest son dying and the kind of almost feral rage that she has that makes her unstoppable in this scenario, mm-hmm. and also legitimately, I'm watching it being afraid for everyone that she is going to encounter, you know, like I like I have that sort of like, you have really no idea what you're up against right now and this person is not only dangerous um she is fearsome and she will destroy anything that gets in her way um i was i was i was genuinely touched and affected by that and i was just like there's no way that if anyone hurts another one of her children at this point that that person is not going to get torn to shreds um, and I just think it's so good. I like Jake, I think does bitter here and Sam Worthington's character of Jake, you know, like is a little bit more interesting, but it is, it's still kind of built off the backbone of this sort of strange. Um, there's a weird, um, tonality to this film that I, I, I don't want to say the word, but it's like, there's a real like appropriation of culture that Jake has kind of like embarked upon, that is now like that. He re, he sort of hangs on entirely. Like he is he is the he is Navi, but he is also like a person playing Navi because he he has become Navi over time. Um, it's it's
0: I, I don't know. Yeah, there's something it's about weird. It. What's that? It's weird. It, it's very uh, strange. It's not, it's not fully comfortable. There's a lot of not fully comfortableness yeah. to this world, even though it is a beautiful one. And um, you know, like, there's like this is sort of and- like sense of the biracial children.
1: That they get made fun of because of their uh, dual heritage. Yep. yep. Um, there's also like an Earth mother in this film in the in the in the form of a uh, perhaps a divine birth, but also perhaps a mystery. There's two mysterious births in this film, right? There's Midichlorians. Two-
0: it's uh, uh, the midichlorian, midichlorian count is off the scale yeah. <laughs> um and uh by the end of it Kiri is doing Jedi mind tricks anyway so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Also, I I kept finding myself wondering and I think I know the answer based on uh her seeing Sigourney Weaver's uh yeah. character when she like communed with the coral the uh, tree or whatever. Yeah. I think the entire like all the trees are one tree. Yeah. Like I think the neural network is like the entire planet sort of thing. Yeah. Um uh <laughs> yeah, it, it's strange
1: Uh, I mean, it's, it's a lot of, there's just a lot of lifting going on here. And I think, you know, with the plan for this to be three, four and five movies, um, I think there's like this, there's a, there's a bigger sense of like, we can introduce ideas here to pay them off in like another movie, right? Like, whereas in the first movie, we kind of like, there, there were questions, but there weren't questions that were lingering to understand what was happening in the first movie.
0: Um. Well, so here's the thing: the things happening here aren't lingering to understand in this movie either. They're just they 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 don't they sit up they sit up bigger questions though. Do they? Like well, I don't think like... I don't think this movie spends I don't think the narrative of this movie actually spends enough time on these sort of troublesome things outside of like setting up immediate conflict in a moment <laughs> to like really like I. This movie is the same plot as the last movie. They, the difference is they wrap it in a narrative about family. They fast and furious it real hard. Uh, and then that makes you care more. It's the same beats, man. Like, it's so, like, that's what actually has me a little worried for the longevity of three, four, and five right. at this point. Yeah. Because. Also, they're kind of setting up Quaritch uh, to be to, yeah. to be Jason Statham from Fast and the Fury. <laughs> like, like everyone's going to forget about all the murder, and like they're going to work together because another thing is there's a human character named Spider who turns out to be <laughs> his, son, his son, who they yeah. never mention. And he just leaves when he leaves. the Apparently,
1: planet. canonically, there is a comic book uh, story which explains that Quaritch had a son. <laughs> great. Um,
0: Spider. Side note is great. I, I think do, I do like Spider quite a bit. I I and, do have an affection for Spider. And the technology to make Spider work in this world. Yeah. I I've never seen more convincing human in alien world interacting with uh not real creatures. I think also uh,
1: what really works there as well is that uh the physicality of the actor. Who's the actor's yeah. name? Uh, uh, the
0: actor's name for Spider is Jack Champion.
1: Yeah, who who kind of grew up on the making of this film. I think he's 19 years old now. He might have mm-hmm. started filming when he was 14 or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think the physicality that he brings to the role in terms of like keeping up with the Na'vi, you know, like ba- you know running. I was I was always feeling bad for Spider. I was like, man, that dude's got little tiny legs, man. You gotta wait for him. But like they were like, no, he's one of us, and so we'll just move at our normal
0: speed, and he's just gotta keep up. You know what I really liked? Yeah. Jake's family, yeah, all has different reactions to Spider. It's not like he is just globally accepted. Like Natiri doesn't give a fuck. Like she's like, yeah, he's like a stray, like whatever. Like she does not <laughs> also give concerned about
1: shit. what he's gonna do, right? Like, like well, yeah, but it's weird they, because that plays, she accepted that comes Jake into play later. in
0: the sort of same way. <laughs> well, she accepted Jake when Jake was in a uh, fancy new Navi body. Right. Right. So, if... um. <laughs> uh a, a naughty navi body yeah uh but th- it's and it's but like the kids all kind of grew up together so they treat it like that and of course jake likes spider because i think it's a reminder of sort of where jake came from yeah so like i do like that their relationship with spider is is not a monolith yeah and i like that 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 actually comes into play later narratively when there's sort of the trade-off and natiri like actually uh, is willing to kill Spider to protect her kids. Yeah. And, and her, her, I was, was like, her rationalization Whoa. is a son for a son, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's real and, good. And, and,
1: and th- in a weird way, like <laughs> Spider oddly reminds me of Owen Wilson's character in the Royal Tannenbaums, you know, like Ooh. he's like, I always wanted to be a Tannenbaum. Um You know, like this is a sense with the, uh, with the uh, spider. There's that. He's hanging on the fringes. like going, I really do wish I could just take this mask off and like, you know, be in this world. Um and like to that end, when Nateri kind of makes that gambit that he she will kill, uh she will kill Spider in order to get Quirch to stop. Um, I think Jake, uh, uh, Spider is somewhat accepting of it. He's kind of like, yeah, that's the way it's gonna, you know, that's the way it would work out. You know, like, um, there's something about it where it's like he has this kind of deeper understanding that this is not my culture, but also I understand what this culture
0: is and how it works. And, it, it, again, this is just highlighting all the things that the first movie didn't do. Right. Like, to make us all, like, really care about the individuals what are going on. Like, like I, I won't say that I was, like, shocked at Quaritch's sort of reaction or what happened or, like, yeah. whatever. Like, that was kind of set up from the get-go. Again, nothing in this story is remotely groundbreaking, like, narratively speaking. No, yeah, there's, but, there's very few surprises or there's very few, like... But that's not uh, yeah. why I'm here. I guess it's really like, like I, I think, especially knowing the pedigree of the first movie, I just love that. Like, I like these characters now. <laughs> like, like that's that's the most exciting bit to me. Now I, I can be excited about this phenomenal world that this team has built because they've included enough facts and emotional resonance and, and and interactions with characters for me to like actually care about the place they live. I
1: think I think these are really good. Sense of construction of the world, as you yeah. say, there is a, like a little bit of uh, a lack. You know, there there are cartoonish moments. I think the uh, uh, what is the ship captain's name? By the way, the uh, Scornsby, 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 or, or something like Brandon that. Cowell, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: I and found, don't forget Jermaine Clement with an American accent. I, you know, 80% one of the of strangest the
1: time. things to do is like someone who's known for the New Zealand accent to put them on a ship with someone who's got an Australian accent, but turn his accent into American. I was like.
0: I was trying to figure out why too. I was like, oh, maybe like the Earth government is different and it makes sense. But then the other dude has an Australian accent. (laughs) Like, what? Yeah, like why? Why
1: why not just like make them both Kiwis or you know both Antipodeans? Yeah. Um, It it did strike me as a little bit of a strange choice. But you know, I like Jermaine Clements. um, The idea that he has this sort of understanding of like what we're doing is cruel and unnecessary, but also. This is what we're doing, um, you know. Like he has this sort of understanding of the world that I kind of. I, I was like, I, like he he was like one who, in the free willie moment at the end of this movie, where like the 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 whale jumps on top of him, was like, yeah, no, we deserve this, you know. Like I was kind of like, he's he's going, yeah, no, that's that's the. That is the nature of the world that I have created for myself, and yeah, he I am about to based cr- on what they are. Yeah, yeah, I am about to be crushed by this thing, and that is that is what is supposed to happen.
0: A <laughs> uh, friend of the show, Patrick Williams, who was supposed to be on this podcast but uh, could not, some stuff came up. Uh, wanted us to talk specifically about the the moment that Scoresby's uh, arm gets severed. Basically, side note: the whale, um, uh, the uh, Loax whale, uh, is a ninja. <laughs> well, and he goes full at on this, right? He goes. Full I I got to say favorite moment of the movie when yeah. that whale goes on on the on the whaling ship and then does hand-to-hand combat crushing mechs. <laughs> uh, and then and then through a series of intricate swimming and jumping and moving and a ra- going around a harpoon gun He's eventually like, yeah. traps the whaler who it, we are led to believe made it so his fin was broken yeah. uh, with his arm against the thing and then pulls that hard enough to rip his arm off and it goes flying into the water before he dies. It's really like, like
1: Jaws the revenge with you know where the shark comes back after one guy
0: yeah but you like the the shark because it can do poetry and shit (laughs) Um, i would love to have seen their poetry i like
1: they have tattoos they have like this body art and um uh, kate winslet's character refers to another one as her sister Yep. Um, and there is a beautiful moment where she goes, you know, um, we, we, it's a heartbreaking moment when you see the whaling happening and you see that that particular whale, we're saying whales, There's space whale. What is it, tukun? Um, sure. Um, you know, when they're, uh, where the whale mother is, or the tukun mother is protecting the, the calf, you know, because uh, that's what it would do. Um, it's heartbreaking to watch. You go, yeah, whaling is fucking shit, and yeah. you know, like, um, it's terrible. Um, I'm sure we benefit from it in many ways. I think makeup.
0: Yeah, maybe. we get we get immortality juice.
1: Well, it's in the new this MacGuffin. World, yeah,
0: yeah, they get they get. Can we talk about the immortality juice? Yeah, immortality juice. So it, so it pays
1: about eighty million. Is that right?
0: Yeah, for a vial. For a which vial I, I think is kind juice. of cheap for immortality, if you ask me. Um, but sure. I don't know who's um, buying immortality juice, and how much do you I mean, need? <laughs> So, I, I, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, so, uh, it's interesting that, like, that's the thing. And it was a neat little, like, side thing they bring up. But, like, in a world where you can grow bodies and download memories, do you really need, like, do you need 80 million dollar immortality juice? Like unless you can I, sell
1: it for like vials of like a million each or something like that. I don't know.
0: I have no idea. <laughs> uh, but the point is it's it's an interesting sort of uh now they have to harvest like and again it's just an it's just a uh, allegory for whaling. Yeah. Like we, we used oil the uh, whale oil uh to light lanterns and and yeah. all that. But like I, I, uh, this I, just makes you live uh, longer <laughs> and or forever.
1: I think I think it's done, uh, you know, like, again, there's a level of detail here and there's certainly a level of passion that's kind of on display yes. that kind of makes it all all work for me.
0: I do wish there was a little bit of a hint because, like, there was a long time until they go inside that dead whale's mouth and get the brain juice yeah. that I'm like, why are they fucking whaling on this fucking plant? Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, I wish there was, like, Something because I've got quotas, line. mate. I've got
1: quotas to meet. Yeah, but like <laughs> I, I don't quotas. like.
0: Where are you sending the whales? Yeah, yeah.
1: We're, we're like who's eating these whales, or like what is happening to these whales? I'm like no, we're getting this like special immortality juice. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, again, like I,
0: I'm hoping that that is a back. setup. That's the only real true setup I see in this movie that could be used. Like else, like if if the unobtainium is not is no longer the thing, and they need like a resource or a MacGuffin. <laughs> immortality is a really interesting <laughs> sort of sort of read on that as opposed to like look at this valuable metal that makes circuit boards and shit i'm, I'm like, waiting
1: for the character who's like elon musk running down the street with his machine gun Wearing like uh, one of those like beer can hats with immortality juice on it, sipping yeah, it yeah, as Yeah, like, sipping it uh, as he's fighting, fighting the Navi. And every time uh, he gets shot,
0: he has to drink a little bit more. That's know. when that's when they get to the fire Navi. They've already well they've done the Earth Navi and the uh, well maybe the jungle ones are them. The air Navi when yeah. they get to the fire Navi when it becomes Avatar: The Last Airbender. Avatar, James Cameron's Avatar. <laughs> And Jake uh, Sully will go and master all of them, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's mastered the way of the water. Yeah, right. He did, and he so mastered now... it pretty quickly, right? Uh, you know, it took him a couple of goes, but he kind of did it.
1: Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I do think. Look, the movie, when it, when it, um, when it hits, it really hits.
0: It was a really fun movie to watch.
1: Yeah, it's a really great ride. You know, three and a half, uh, was it
0: three three hours and three hours? Three hours and 14 minutes. Yeah, yeah, three three hours and
1: change. um, You know, just sings by. um, And really, uh, you know, I I think the first, I do think the first um, 20 or maybe 40, it might even be an hour, uh, when we're sort of doing, redoing the jungle battle, I think is a little bit... um, it's a, you know, it's table sitting and it feels a little table sitting and it feels a little bit like a
0: rehash of the first film. Um, but I was thankful for it though, because it was it was a rehash in the first film that like still was based around character development. Yeah. And again, I just didn't get any of that in the first movie. So like I don't know. Like, yeah, well I just, you remember I the first that.
1: movie does a lot of like lifting to get Jake into the body. That does like, a lot of
0: lifting to get Jake into the body and to describe the Navi as a people. Yeah. And and that's great. I guess, but I don't remember any of that.
1: Yeah. And this I one is rem- like getting Jake getting Jake and family to
0: uh the Mikayanas. Well, and getting letting us get to know them yeah. before they leave. Yeah. So we care when they're fish out of water. Like it's just it's I don't know. I really liked the structure. Uh, I dug it. I I I imagine if you haven't seen the first one and you watch this you'd be very lost. Yeah. Um uh, and the only honestly, my only true qualm with this film is the variable frame rate.
1: Yeah, and it's it's uh, you know like after we would uh, you know he had a year with Dune come out, um, Dune which felt like an immense world, an immense world that that like really feels both breathtakingly cinematic and beautifully photographed. This mm-hmm. was a film that kind of like if Dune was the cine- you know, the Lawrence
0: of Arabia version, this was like the video game version. But, yeah, but but and, and it's. And video, I, I I know we're saying that as a as a derogative, yeah. Like, um, but like, video games don't have to feel like that either. Yeah, video like, games like, can
1: be immense and cinematic and and like have this sort of
0: landscape to it. But this it I'm didn't, playing right? Cyberpunk right now at 60 frames a second, yeah. and it is one of the most wonderful kind of immersive experiences I've had in a while. It's been a year and a half, and they've patched right. it a bunch, but like, it's really really great to experience stories in that kind of frame rate. Right yeah, though it's not jumping between them.
1: It's yeah. It, it, well, I guess I'm just my saying...
0: rig isn't my rig is good. You can play video games with variable frame rates because when your graphics cards slow down but you notice it there too. Right, right.
1: Um, Yeah, I I really think this movie just kind of slaps when it like when it slaps it really slaps and I think you know like um, there's this weird thing uh, which I will say you know about the first Avatar look it's because it's something I do which is I look at something as a body of work uh, you know as a filmmaker's entire body of work and I would say for me you know with all due respect to the man the myth the legion James Cameron I do think Avatar, am I going to, do I say this out loud? Is his
0: worst movie? I think it is. Um, I would agree. Yeah. I, and I again, because he focused, he was focusing, yeah. I think, and his team, he made his team focus on the visuals and the technical aspects of the film more so than the cookie cutter, uh, save the planet plot with a group of people you don't give a fuck about. But the issue like, is,
1: is it's I, I think it's his worst movie, but it's also his most movie, you know, like if that makes any sense. It's like, it's the most movie he's
0: made. Um, um You know... Hmm. The most movie. I know we're being getting really weirdly non-subjective when we say that, but like, like it's the largest in scope. It's it's just there's so
1: much uh, of what he's doing on display, and it's such a big it's such a big swing. That it's like, yeah, it's his worst movie, but it's also like such a different beast to everything else he's made because it's so much about like building this world from scratch. There's so much of a technological revolution happening in order for this world to be created that it's just but like- that he
0: didn't give us characters to anchor us to that world despite how wondrous it was.
1: So so to that end, what I, what I was kind of getting at was that, you know, Terminator, The Abyss, Aliens, those are better movies. But- I'm also kind of going. I there's a reminder here of why James Camp, why the person who made those films is capable of making uh, extraordinarily entertaining, dynamic action blockbusters. He's basically doing what is the blockbuster model of today, but it's the A-plus version of it. You know, like, it is... You know, we don't have many movies like Jurassic Park or Terminator 2 floating around these days. There's, You know, a handful of really great films like that have come out. Um, And this is not one of those. This is a blockbuster spectacular in the mold of what we've been seeing in recent years, but it's the best version of it. You know, like, again, that table setting towards the end, the the water battles, everything is like... and, And I was genuinely affected by... Um, by the sort of propulsion of the final act in terms of like, I understood why this person needed to go from here to here. I understood why this person wanted to go from here to here. I understood what their motivations were. I understood what this character was capable of in in this segment and what they
0: weren't capable of. And I think it was really, really well done. And while nothing was surprising, yeah, uh, they butter up that oldest son to die yeah. like from frame one. <laughs> the second there's like um, four
1: kids on display in any movie, I'm like, w-? And, and then one of them is a pair of brothers. I was like,
0: well, one of these guys is going to go, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, uh, and it was definitely the more milk toast one. They don't spend all the screen time on. Yeah, yeah. Um, like again, but like I was still moved by it yeah. because I, I cared about the family. Yeah. again, this is Fast and the Fu- the Avatar, The Way of the Furious. <laughs> But, but- uh, Tokyo Water. I don't know. It's just, it's, it was actually about family. And like their catchphrase is like, Sully's don't leave fr- Sully's behind. Fisher friends, not food. I don't know. It, but like, I just knew that they were a unit and I cared about that unit. And so when that unit gets broken and Nitiri freaks out, I care a lot. Where when anyone died in the first Avatar, I was like, that's sad. I hope the planet's okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't yeah. know. I I, I, I dug this. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. I want to see it in twenty four frames a second.
1: I I would happily see this again in twenty four frames a second. I I I kind of my son is just a little bit too young for. This, but maybe he's not actually. I mean, an it's arm, pretty violent, man. I mean, yeah, the arm flying. We're we're just we're getting to the. He, he watched Aquaman over the, uh, two weeks ago. Uh, okay, and he really enjoyed it. Like that has gun violence, you know, which we're sort of like and about. But uh, but you know, he really sort of dug the sort of. Uh, pulpy ver- pulpy kind of you know it's violent yeah but it's not like real violent you know like it's not real you know like kind of thing getting
0: um, him into the DCEU you know before as, James, it's all gone. as James Gunn is changing
1: it <laughs> before the hierarchy of power changes um, oh it, it's changing so much <laughs> Um, no, I I really don't. I think James Cameron is you know almost without peer in terms of like executing action in this way. Like even Denis Villeneuve is who's great at like setting the frame and creating the world in sort of a in a in a slightly more cinematic way in terms of the sure. way Dune was built up. But I don't think I I think James Cameron almost has no peer. And and it's like it doesn't feel flashy. It doesn't feel showy. He's just really good at like here is the stage, here are my characters, and now let's put them into action. You know, like it's it's really uh, it's really hard to do. It hurts do how well. good he
0: is, especially because he he. And again, I guess anyone might be if they were this good at anything is a bit of a a bit of a uh, a little bit a little bit. He's got uh, an ego on him. He's got a little bit of an ego. A yeah. little bit. Of I think a... he's chilled
1: out a little bit. In uh, I hope so. He's sixty eight. Uh, is is he sixty eight? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's chilled out
0: a little bit from the first. I think or sixty two. I don't know. He's
1: gone full vegan. He looks great. He seems like his press tours have been a little bit. Uh, you know he. He's, he's, you know, for a movie of this scale, they've rolled out the Marvel questions at him and he's kind of come back with the usual responses, which is I think his first quote was that uh, all Marvel characters feel like they're in college um, or something like that. And then, uh, you know, he he thinks the visual effects work in he he I think his, his he said that what Marvel has done in terms of like creating a bigger talent pool for them to draw from um has been kind of amazing and you know it's like rising tides rise all ships or something like that. Nope. Oh, rising ship, whatever the phrase is.
0: Rising tides raise all ships. Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, you know, like you know, but then he took a dig at Thanos in in terms of like Thanos's appearance as well. Really? Yeah, he, did, he you know, he took a he he was like, "No, it we'll look out. It doesn't really work. Ours
0: does." Um I would disagree with that. No. I mean, I think Thanos does work quite well, but I, but I don't I don't think it always does. I would have picked I would have picked a bunch of different things than Thanos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. i mean, sure he's just got, he's got the biggest target. And again, James Cameron, you know, a little bit. I think the
1: the whole thing about James never, Cameron could be a dick. N- never being but against really... James Cameron. Kind of comes from this like, well, if anyone's earned the right to like, you know, kind of take a swing at things. Look, it's... you can have you can have the right to. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to. But you know, like he, yeah. Uh, like and there's these really great stories, right? The, the the story in terms of James Cameron's ego that I kind of love right now is this idea that like for the second movie he assembled a writers' room. So the first one he wrote on his own. The second one he assembled a writers' room. It shows. <laughs> but but again, James Cameron's a great
0: writer on his own. You know, like Terminator When 2, James it... Cameron is focused on the writing, he's he great. is. He's... I think in Avatar one he was not so focused on the writing. We could see that. <laughs> uh... But he assembled he assembled a writers' room, and there, there's a strange story that he's kind of like. Touting,
1: And I was like, I'm I'm not reading this the same way that everyone else is, or the the way that he's maybe telling it, which is like, he was like, okay, before any of you writers come into my world and like rewrite and pitch stories, we're going to have to spend a lot of time figuring out what was so great about the first one and why people connected to the first one. Now... There is a part of that that's going, well, look, the first one did make a shit ton of money. It did, you know, win a lot of awards. He was nominated for a lot of awards. Um, so I think what he's saying is, like, yeah, this is a big phenomenon. But at the same time, it could, there is a little bit of it that reads as, like, tell me why my first
0: one was so great before you start writing stories here. I mean, honestly, <laughs> the question should be, ex- let's figure out exactly why the first one made so much money. Because it's not the story. <laughs> It's the technological advancement and the amazing world that he built, or that not he just built, but like that his team built. You know, like it's not the the story of Jake Sully didn't move the masses. (laughs) Yeah, there was no.
1: It it wasn't the. It wasn't quite the same as uh, Jack and. uh, uh, Is it Jack and Kate on Titanic? Is it Kate? Mm-hmm. No, man. Jack I just and... saw
0: a deep fake. I just saw a deep fake with Arnold's oh, face and it. voice so put on. Draw me so like good. one of your French ladies. <laughs> you draw me like one of your
1: French girls, Jack. <laughs> Look at them, Jack. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. I I loved it. I would I would happily go see it again. I really don't like variable frame rate. I think variable frame rate needs to go away. I I will happily take judder over variable frame rate.
0: Maybe oh, no more 3D. <laughs> like it was even the 3D. Like I'm like oh the 3D is good,
1: but it's like Great. I don't I I don't... I don't think you need the three. d 3D in order don't, to enjoy the experience like I don't, don't think anything's
0: missing when you don't no. watch it in 3d nope um, anyway uh, <laughs> hey everyone this has been the only podcast about the film Avatar the way of water yeah not to be confused with
1: Tar Lydia Tar's way of water
0: the way of water <laughs> yeah um, Shaheer, when you are not inserting uh, Ooh. Lydia Ooh. Tar into yeah. the mouth of a whale <laughs> to what? extract immortality juice so that she may continue to compose Monster Hunter concerts mm. that might happen on Pandora because the world of Monster hunter kind of looks like pandora where could folks find you
1: i'm feeling certain lydia ta would be recording the whales uh the, the songs of whales and putting it together as part of her symphony uh in which case you can find my whale recordings for 995 at my website wow. www.shahirdow.com that's h-a-h-a-r-d-a-u-d dot com matt when you are swimming with the
0: navi with your mighty tail and fins where can people find you you can find me somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for you to go to my website, uh, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L dot com my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, easy on Instagram and PSN, and of course, Emperor MSK on Twitter. Also, please check out the good works we are doing over at Extra Credits. By the time this releases, we will have two new, two, count them, two new videos over on the Extra Credits Gaming Channel. We've just done the split, and we'll have uh, more options for you to win gaming consoles if you go to Channel One and find the secret word in the corresponding video. Video. We're doing a bunch of fun stuff. Also, we're uh, doing our Pearl Harbor series on the extra history side of things, which is uh, just a phenomenal series. It's the path to Pearl Harbor. Mm. It's all of the things that no one really talks about a ton about the lead up of like how it actually like played out. It's fucking fascinating, and it's people just like, it's just people missing the fucking mark on like understanding and timing. Okay, like it's in- fucking insane. Okay, uh, it's a million different pieces, but please go check that out next like- week. We do
1: have Jean Delman, but we also have lots of things coming up. Yeah, you're going to be I, away on vacation. Where, you, you're, where are you hitting, and what can I, you see where I, you are?
0: Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I'll yeah. let you know. Uh, we'll figure it out. I, I know we had some people want us to do Violent Night, yep. uh, but I don't know if that will actually happen in time for the holidays, and will anyone care after the fact? Yeah. Um, man, I did see Violent Night, though, and you want my, my back-of-the-book jacket review. What a fucking delight that movie is. <laughs> Yeah, you think my son could watch that? Um, no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Well, there's lots um, of movies coming out. Email us at gmail.com. Tell us what hey,
1: tell us what we should see.
0: Yeah, and let us know what you thought about The Way of Water, uh, and 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 if we were on the mark if you thought it was different. You know what I'd love? Okay. Uh just if you if there's anyone out there listening, someone who loves variable frame rate. I would love <laughs> to hear someone talk extensively about why they love it. Uh, and then we could read that, and then I could uh, be mad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We will, oh, have a wonderful holiday because I don't think, at least, uh, I believe all the, this a lot of the winter out, holidays this, will be over by does this
1: then. Does this episode come out on Christmas Day?
0: No. What a wonderful present. No, no. This isn't, maybe, does all it? of you. It does. It, it does. Comes out. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and to all,
1: a whale of a night.
0: Oh, I hope you had a whale of a time. I hope uh, I hope you got all of the immortality juice in your stocking. <laughs> uh, we'll talk to you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye.